Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Bears Nation, baby. Just want to kick it off by thanking our players. When you have adversity like this and, and there's a lot of losing towards the end of the season, I was blown away by our guys' ability to stick together. They practice with energy, and I think that's rare, but it speaks volumes on their character, how much they love the game, and the buy-in that they have for the direction that we're going. As improbable as it may have been at the beginning of the day, the Chicago Bears have just clinched the number one pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Wow, winning. All right, all right, all right. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast. Powered by, powered by, powered by Bet, Bet, Bet Stamp. Trying to focus on, you know, getting better as a player, getting better as a quarterback, and getting better as a team. Damn straight. And you know this, man. With your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. See you in the Super Bowl. It's Bears Nation, baby. Touchdown, Bears! Woo! Yes! Come on, sucker. Let's get it on. Welcome to Bears Nation Podcast. Jake Hassan, who usually starts the show. All right, late. this is Bears Nation there Podcast. I am Jake Hassan. It <laughs> is Wednesday. It is Wednesday, January 18th. I am doing today's episode from the confines of my room. No office today because Seth had to actually do work. So here we are. That's my Game of Thrones poster. Pretty cool. I'm not going to show it to you guys because that would take entirely too long. And it's kind of small. So. Anyway, this is Bear Station Podcast. Hey, Kev. How's it going, man? What's up, man? Thanks for, uh, thanks for getting things started. Yeah, you were, uh, you, you, he told, he tells me, he's like, hey, you can do the content. Like, I'll be back. I'll be fine. Listen, I was like, all listen, right. And listen, then he listen, leaves and he just listen, doesn't return. Listen, listen, listen. I was off by a couple seconds, all right? Was the timing a little bit off by me? Yeah, sure. You know what? It happens, though. <laughs> you know what? This front lighting is really bothering me. So, Kev, tell them what we got today while I fix the lights in my room. Here we go. Uh, would like to say, first of all, I am a little bit under the weather, so if my voice sounds crappy or I you know, I do a voice crack every once in a while, that's why. But we got a loaded show for you today. I know we haven't done one in a little bit of a while, but we do have news. Obviously, Kevin Warren officially hired <laughs> as president-slash-CEO of the Bears. A lot to talk about with that, and now Jake is back. We also have player grades. We're going to go through all of the offensive players, maybe the defensive players today, if not just offense today. Uh, we're going to grade what we thought their 2022-2023 season was based off of their expectations, how they lived up to them. That'll be a fun little segment. And then we're going to have a little bit of discussion about running backs because I tweeted something this past week on our podcast account, and people were killing me in the replies about it. So we're going to talk a little bit about running backs, and we're going to close if we have time with a little bit of off-season. Would you rather to get this, you know, 
what is going to be the biggest offseason in Chicago Bears history kicked off with a little bit of fun. So loaded show for you guys today, man. I'm excited. Good intro, Kevin. Proud of you. Uh, first intro you've done while I've actually been on the show. I know you've done it when Kellen's here, obviously, and I'm gone. But here we are. And yes, like Kevin said, we got a lot to cover today. Our first offseason episode. Lots to do. Lots to talk about. And uh, I mean, we'll start with the most boring thing. Um, Kevin is playing injured, by the way. Credit to him. He's being very brave. I'm very proud of my sweet baby boy. Um, but he's being very brave right now with a fever and a sore throat. And, you know, it's just a really brings a tear to your eye when your uh, children grow up in front of your eyes. Anyway, so here we are. Uh, we'll talk about Kevin Warren first. Um, seeing mostly positives, it seems like people are generally happy with this hire. Uh, I, I, I agree. Um, I think it's strong and I think it shows what the Bears are trying to accomplish in that this is all about the stadium. Uh, you know, this is about getting a new stadium, getting it up and ready, getting it on schedule. And, you know, Here's the thing, like he's done that. He has the history with that. But right. most importantly, and I think people are skipping over this fact with Kevin Lauren a bit, he's a football lifer. Like he's been around football, around sports his entire life. Um, he comes from a sports family. I know his like his family's been around the NFL for a long time. Uh, one of his sisters, uh, who has since passed, was married to an NFL player. Uh, another member, I was reading this today and I completely forgot details, but the point is, Kevin Warren has been around football and around the NFL specifically for a very long time. Talk about the COVID year with the Big Ten all you want. Whatever. You can bitch and moan and cry about it. Really, it was the best anyone could do. I, it was literally like we were all figuring it out. And, you know, he has admitted to some of those mistakes uh, and some of the things that he said he would do better if he get, was given another chance. God forbid that happens. Hopefully he doesn't have another chance to have another run at that. But you know, his time with the Vikings is huge. He was an agent for a long time. Uh, he was an agent for Bears players. And he just, he gets it. And they said at the press conference, and he said at the press conference that, you know, Ryan Poles is going to be reporting to him for moves. And he's going to go into it with, you know, what do, what kind of moves does this make? What's a pro? What's a con? How can this help us? How does this get us back to a championship? And we rip, Ke you know, Kevin, we rip Ted Phillips a lot. And we have on this show, other people in Chicago media have, and rightfully so. He's made some mistakes. I'm sure he's a very nice man, but just wasn't the right guy. And for the first time, someone that isn't a McCaskey or isn't tied to the McCaskies is going to be running things. And I think that's a net positive uh, from a business side. We'll see how he handles the football side. But overall, I feel pretty good about it. And I mean, there's not much more to be said until, you know, moves start happening and we won't be able to accurately judge this for a couple of years. Yeah, it's funny how you brought up the Big Ten thing because obviously, you know, I went to Ohio State during that time. So all of my friends hit me up after they saw the news about Kevin Warren. Like, dude, you got Kevin Warren? Like, are you even happy about that? Like, that guy sucks. And I'm like, like you got like we were all just students who wanted to watch college football. Right. Like, like, like right. everyone was just like there was no well, and it was no also implications when you're going up against the SEC who's just like, yep, we're doing right. it. Like, you know, it's tough. Yeah, exactly. And he was in a tough spot. And that has no implications on how he's going to be able to run a professional football team. Like, there's no correlation there. But sure. I will say what I what impressed me was in the uh, in the press comments, he said, look, if I were a player in the Big Ten at that period of time, I would have done the same thing Justin Fields did. I would have started a coalition. I would have wanted to play. He understood the point of view, which I think is really important. He doesn't seem like an egotistical guy. He seems like he has good morals, good values, and is willing to listen and be understanding of other people's views and opinions. When you think about a lot of people at the top, right, executives, owners, GMs, 
a lot of them have such big egos that it's their way or the highway, and they don't want to take any other opinion or any other consideration into account, into effect. So to hear that he is, you know, hearing the other side is willing to work with people, isn't going to have this big ego, I think is really, really critical. And you hit on it. Like, this is the first time in a long time where it feels like, like he's not going to be George McCaskey's puppet. Like, right. it, there's a clear divide now, right, between the owner and management and, okay, football now, right? And I know George said Kevin's not really going to be doing football operations and it's still going to be Ryan Poles, but he kept saying, like, we're here to build championships, win championships, all these things. And I get, like, he's probably taught to say those things, but it does yeah. seem like this isn't just about the stadium for him. Because there's a lot of people that do believe that, hey, he's coming here for one reason and one reason only. He's coming here to help build a you know, world-class stadium. But my guy, Danny Parkins at the score, says this all the time. Like, the NFL, the league is going to make sure they build a good stadium regardless. Like, he plays a hand in, you know, all the contractual things and the, and the licensing and, and the things you have to discuss with Arlington Heights and all the, and the contracts, right? But the NFL has a large say in how this stadium is going to be designed, how it's going to fit for the league, right? Like... He is not just coming here to help build a stadium. Like, I do believe, like, in order for Kevin Warren to give up a job at the Big Ten, which is probably a bigger role than being the president of the Chicago Bears, he obviously is looking for something greater. I don't think his legacy, I don't think he wants his legacy to be forever, say it's five years, say it's eight years. I don't think he just wants to walk away from this in eight years and be like, hey, I built a stadium at Arlington Heights. Yep. I think he wants to walk away and say, hey, I did that, but also we built something. We won a couple championships. We changed the narrative around the Chicago Bears. Like, he has a certain love for this franchise, and I think for him, this is greater than just a stadium, which should be important. I, and like, I think there's be people who get upset by that. Well, what happened to to Pauls just being the football guy? This is fine. If you wanted a guy to be your football guy, this is probably your guy. And I'm not saying he's going to be deciding who's getting signed. I'm not saying he's going to be deciding who gets drafted. But when you talk about overseeing everything from the right mindset. This is the kind of guy you want doing that when it comes to everything outside of, you know, economics and outside of the stadium and outside of other things. So I was really impressed with the way he handled himself and carried himself in the press conference. He sounds like a guy, a guy who's going to stick to his guns, stick to his morals and values. Uh, and I really appreciate that. So, look, I, I think they have a good thing going here. It's again, it's too hard to tell right now or whenever if he's really having a positive or negative impact. You just don't know that because he's just so extrapolated. But right now, I mean, you can't be upset. Right. You can't be upset. And that's the good thing. Right. I, like I said, uh, you know, we won't be able to accurately judge this move for a couple of years. And that's just really what it's going to be. But it seems like him and Poles have a good w working relationship already. They've been in contact since like last fall or you know, early last August, something like that. So Kevin Warren said all the right things. We'll see how it goes. But now to the actual football side of things. Uh, do we want to start with grades or do you want to do your running backs uh, spiel here? <laughs> We can just get the running backs thing out of the way real okay, quick. Okay, let's do it. That shouldn't be too long. Uh, this, so this is the only thing. It, it's not that serious, but I am dead set on paying the money for Tony Pollard. And I put in a tweet like, hey, you know, what would you guys think of this offense? And it included, you know, Justin Fields. DeAndre and you've Hopkins, been on Tony this for Pollard. a while. Like, this isn't new. Like, you, you, I mean, I, and I'm with you. I think Tony Pollard's a really good player. Like, but you've been on this train for months. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been... You know, he was on my fantasy team, so I started to watch him more and, and see more of what he was able to do with that offense. And, like, every time I watch him, I'm just, like, I'm just so impressed. But the reason why I want to address this is because if, for people who have listened to this show for a very long time, I have always been a proponent of do not pay running backs the money, right? Don't draft a running back before round four. And I would agree with that in 99% of situations. But when you're in the situation the Bears are in, 
where you already have $115 million, this is a rare situation where you can do that. You can afford to pay a player like that, right? If you think about what you're going to spend money on on offense, you're not spending a lot of money on a wide receiver. You're not spending $90 million on a wide receiver. There's no free agent that you're going to spend $90 million on. If you're going to get a next level wide receiver, it's either going to be through a draft or through a trade where, yes, you have to pick up that contract, but you're not buy, you're not buying into a new contract with a new player, you know, five years, right? You're not spending money at the quarterback position. You're not due for an extension yet, so you don't have to worry about that, right? Justin's going to get that next year. And you're probably we spending just, you're not spending a tight end. You're probably spending a lot of money at left tackle. Maybe you break the bank for Orlando Brown Jr. But other than that, like you're probably spending a little bit of money on a fringe wide receiver, a little bit of money on upgrades, probably across the offensive line in certain areas. You can afford to pay Tony Pollard the money. Now I looked it up and I think we talked about this a couple months ago. So what would the price be for a guy like that? And at the time I said, I don't know, like $7 million, $8 million. I am afraid it's a little bit greater than that. I, I am afraid it is around 10, 11, maybe $12 million. But again, when you have this type of money, I think it is okay to spend that in this market. And once you spend on that, guess what? You know, you have them for four years. And then if you're not in the same salary cap situation again for the next 30 years, then don't do it. But while you have the opportunity to, you have the opportunity to go get a game-changing player. Like the closest comparison to Tony Pollard for me, Jake, is Christian McCaffrey. Like when I watch Tony Pollard, I see Christian McCaffrey. Now, Christian McCaffrey, a more capable receiver, but at the same time, the Cowboys do not put Tony Pollard in the same receiving opportunities as Christian McCaffrey, but he's capable of doing it. There was multiple times this year where Tony Pollard took receptions, 23 plus yards, 50 plus yards to the house. And obviously he is a player that every time he touches the ball, Exactly. Has, has a potential to score a touchdown. He fits this offense perfectly. They talk about explosive players. They talk about speed players. He is that. And now here's the thing I really wanted to address. Everyone comes at me and says, well, what the hell, Kevin? Why can't you find a guy who can pass block? What are you going to do? Who's going to pass block? And I'm reading these comments and I'm like, guys, what are you like? What are you even talking about? Like, yeah, Khalil Herbert, not a great pass blocker. But I looked up the pass blocking grades for David Montgomery and Tony Pollard this year. David Montgomery's pass blocking grade, at least before the buy, because I don't, I don't have PFS subscriptions, so they, you know, they releases before the buy. 52.4. Tony Pollard's was 74.7. Okay. So I don't even want to hear this, you know, argument that he can't pass block. Yeah, he's a smaller guy. And he's still like 215. He's still like 215 pounds. He's not a midget. He's not, he's not tiny, right? He's he's got weight on him. He's got muscle. He's probably smaller than the average running back, but he can hold his own. He can chip a block. Like, this is a guy I want on the team. I'm falling in love with him. I think you have to spend the money for him. And I think you're in a position where you can spend the money. And I just want to make that clear because it sounds so contradictory to everything I've said about running backs in the past. But there's very few running backs in the league, I think, that can actually fundamentally change your offense in a positive way. Like, a lot of guys are plug in place, right? Plug in, plug, like, we see this all the time. Guy goes down, fifth-round rookie comes in, has the same production. Tony Pollard's guy who can change your offense the way Christian McCaffrey changes the offense for the San Francisco 49ers. That's the way I see it. Uh, to your point of like running backs, like is anyone really lining up to pay Josh Jacobs $8 million, $9 million a year this year? He just exactly. led the league in, in running yards, like yards on the ground. He was the rushing leader in the NFL just this past year. He had a crappy year, below average year last year. He had a good slash decent year the year before and a great year this year. Is anyone really lining up for John? Like, that's how it goes. I, I, like, other guys that fit that bill, David Johnson, anybody remember him? Ugh. Like, went for a haul and a trade. Look how that turned out. Like, there are very few and far between. 
these guys that are like, and I'll throw Derrick Henry into this equation because he's still chugging along. He might not be the receiving threat, but I mean, he's still, God, he can still run. Like, so I'll throw Derrick Henry into that conversation. Christian McCaffrey, obviously, is like the, the creme de la creme, the peak of the peak there. But like, I get what you're saying about Tony Pollard. I think some, and I saw some of your tweets with some of the, you know, people that were in your mentions about Tony Pollard versus Cleo Herbert. I think what people maybe not so, maybe not so concisely, and maybe they weren't so articulate about this as I'm about to be, but I think the overarching point that people were trying to make to you was Khalil Herbert could be Tony Pollard. We like Tony Pollard because he's established. We like Tony Pollard because we've uh, seen him do Khalil it. Khalil Herbert could not and, be Tony Pollard. They're different. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Easy, Skip Bayless. Let me finish. Uh... <laughs> Like, we know what Tony Pollard can do. We've seen it. We love it. He's that big play guy. I agree. Tony Pollard is a great running back. He's very, very good. And I think once he goes to a team that gives him the lion's share of the touches and not on a team like the Cowboys that is paying Zeke a buttload of money and has to play Zeke because of the money they're paying him and vulturing touchdowns, I think once Tony Pollard goes to a team like the Bears, let's just say theoretically, then he can really start to shine. I I, I get that. Like, but I think people are more like, okay, we like what we've seen from Khalil Herbert so far. There is room to grow for Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert is only in is about to be in his third year. Theoretically, you have two more years left of Khalil Herbert and probably going to be cheap too. Maybe you decide to extend him when you decide to extend Justin Fields too. That would be pretty cheap. But I think the point being is Khalil Herbert is still a really young player. Who is to say he can't evolve and grow into a Tony Pollard-esque player? He's still young. He's still learning. He's still growing. We like the development we saw from year one to year two, correct? I'll pause my to ask you this question, right? We sure. like the before he got injured, obviously injuries hampered him. But I mean, there was a time where people were saying Khalil Herbert was the best running back on the roster. And I was and I was That's here fair. for that argument. I was I was hearing that argument. I get it. So I think that the point is why go get Tony Pollard when you have a guy that you're confident in and you like, and so that's not really necessarily a need. I get it. There's a lot of money and there's a ton of money to spend. Some of that money's gonna go to Jalen Johnson, some of that money's gonna go to Cole Komet. Some of that money's probably going to go to Darnell Mooney. And those three might just be in the next month or so, you know, let alone once you get to this off season. So I think it's, it's great that the bears have money. They have one of the most, some of the most money in the league. Get it. Totally get it. And I get that this roster does need better players and especially big explosive playmakers to make this team, not, not just the offense, but the team better. I think that Cleo Herbert could be a Tony Pollard esque player. Will he be the exact Tony Pollard? Like, is it going to be one-to-one? Apples to apples. No. But Cooler Herbert could be close enough where you're happy with it, and then you might be happier taking that extra $8 million just to ensure that you get Orlando Brown Jr. You know? I get the argument. I Now, like, let me roll that all back by saying, I would love Tony Pollard on this team. I would take Tony Pollard on the Bears in a heartbeat. I'm just saying I get it, and I'm not saying that Cleo Herbert's bad and we need to replace him. The Bears might look at this. Ryan Poles might look at this and say, okay, I like what we have in, in Cleo Herbert. Let me get some ancillary guys behind him as depth, mm-hmm. and then we'll move forward. Or let me bring back David Montgomery at half the price of Tony Pollard. And Ugh. between the two of them, that's like, I'll be happy with it. Okay, maybe not half the price, but you know, like a quarter of the price, a fraction of the price that Tony Pollard would cost. And then we'll move on and we're solid. Like, I just think that running back is not, you know, something that is super high up on the board. It has become a luxury position in the NFL. Like that, it really has. It, it, like it, that—that's yes. what it feels like. It, it, you know, it, it's not a premium position. You can find these guys, but 
the the reason I'm like again, you you brought up the names Josh Jacobs. Who are the other guys in this class available? The free agent class is ginormous. You know Saquon's there, but I'm not paying Saquon fifteen million dollars. Like, I mean, I'm the Giants are not letting much. him go anywhere. They they also cannot let him go. It's impossible, right? Uh, some of the other names I don't know, but I wouldn't pay even even if Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard went for the same price. Even if Josh Jacobs were cheaper than Tony Pollard, I wouldn't pay for Josh Jacobs. Like I'm talking about a guy here who can change the complexity right, of the offense because all the things he can we'll, do. We'll do this. So Saquon Barkley, obviously you said Rashad Penny, Jamal Williams. They won't let him go anywhere though. Josh Jacobs, Mark Ingram, um, Raheem Mostert, Danta Foreman's a free agent. Oh, pretty. He's decent. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan, Ronald, Ronald Jones, Miles Sanders. Wow. Yeah, this is, nice. this is a really Jesus. I'm telling you. Uh, Jared McKinnon. Amir Abdullah could take another swing. Oh, stop uh, it. Latavius Murray, Jeff Wilson, Kenyon hey. Drake. Oh. David Montgomery, obviously. Devin Singletary. So that's a really yeah. strong class. Again, so the, Jr., I think the problem is like Robinson. Pollard has now vaulted himself to that tier one of these free agents, so he's going to be a little bit pricier for that. Like he's just been like, and you watch, you watch the Cowboys, and it's like the things he does, the, the way he changes that offense. Like this is a guy who can run through the tackles, he can block, he can receive, he can line up. Any, like this guy is good, man, and yeah. and like I'm willing to pay the money for him. And again, if this is the one time you do it, right? If this is the one time you do it. And then for the next 30 years, you don't do it. But this time you can do it because you will have the money to spend. Like, I'm fine with that. I think that is better than drafting a running back in the first three rounds. I think spending $11 million on a guy who you know, who you know can change this offense and be a top. I mean, he's a pro bowler this year. He might be, he's not going to be an all pro, but he's a pro bowler. He's a top, he could be a top five running back in the league next year if he gets 70% of the carries and he gets, you know, isn't getting subbed out every drive because the Cowboys just feel bad for Ezekiel Elliott. He could be a top five running back in this league. Like, I would then rather do that than draft a guy in the first three rounds, draft a guy in round two or three. Like, that's that's where I'm at with this. That's where I'm at with this. I'm okay with it. He's young. He stays healthy. Like, that's, I don't know. That That's it. And look, I'm at the point, Jake, I, I love David Montgomery. I don't want him back on this team. I'm sorry. Really? I, I don't want him back on not this team. Not for any price. You know, you know, I was doing not for any price. I was doing my grades, right? So I was doing I was doing a little bit more research and watching tape on Dave Montgomery this year. Yeah, he, he just doesn't fit the style of this team. He just doesn't okay. fit the style of this offense. He's not a good fit, right? This is an offense that's built on speed and motion and explosiveness. And what does he what does he provide for you that another guy can't for cheaper? You know, like right. like you could probably find a guy in the fifth round who could do just as good as, as Dave Montgomery. I mean, that was essentially you what are, Khalil Herbert was. I was going to say, you essentially have like, already. Like, Tony Pollard is not replaceable. Dave Montgomery is extremely replaceable. And I love the guy. He's a great value, great locker room guy, great for this team. But they would be foolish, in my opinion, to spend money on him in this offense that he really just doesn't belong in. And it's unfortunate because it's likely that his career will probably be derailed after this. He'll probably be an RB two on another team and probably will never get the same amount of carries that he got here. But that's just the way running backs are in this league. And you just, I I don't, and I don't think they will. Like, I don't think Ryan Poles is going to be willing to spend. Like, I don't think he loves Dave Montgomery enough to say, Hey, here's probably six, $7 million, you know, for the next three years that they're not doing that. So uh, I I love Demo. I I thank him for his time here, but I, I don't want him to be on the team for the next three, four years. That's fair. Uh, something to consider. I mean, to that point, Kevin, 
Uh, David Montgomery started the most games of his career this year and had the lowest amount of yards. Uh, so, wow. I mean, most games of his career? He started 16 games and his previous career high was 14 for starts. He, he did play, he played in all 16. And I mean, granted, you have more games now as well, one more game, yeah. but he played in every game his rookie year in 2019, but only started eight of them, but played in all 16. But still, even though he only had eight starts, had the most yards. Now, granted, he also had the fewest attempts of his career as well. This year by a good 41. So, also something to consider there. But, I mean, I get what you're saying. It probably is time to move on. Uh, if you, I, I would be opposed to him coming back on a super cheap deal. But, yes, I agree he is replaceable. Um, so, I mean, we'll see how that goes. Like I said, Ryan Poles, that is not on the top of the board. And, you know, he's looking at the board. Address everything else before you get to running back. Running back is so far down the list. Get to the line, get to the receivers, get to everything on the defense, and then address running back. That's the least of your concerns right now. Uh, and like Kevin said, find a fifth or sixth rounder that can take essentially Khalil Herbert's spot from last year and move on. But speaking of Ryan Poles, let's get into it. Let's do some grades today. Uh, I want to lump Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus into this uh, for the offense as well. We'll do Luke Getze as well as the offensive players, and then we'll go from there, and then we'll do defense next. So. I'll start with Ryan Poles. Um, this would, I'm just going to come out and say it. The Chase Claypool trade hurts his ranking here. I knocked him down a grade for it. He would have been an A. If not for the Chase Claypool trade, would have been an A in my book, probably an A minus. But because of the Chase Claypool trade, I, I generally liked everything else that Ryan Poles did. I think he got the most value for Roquan Smith. I think he got the most value he could for Robert Quinn. I think he brought this team together as much as he could as far as filling the holes that were in the roster going up into the season. Uh, but the Chase Claypool trade just looks really bad. Now, I could eat crow, you know, a year from now, and I could look like an idiot, and Chase Claypool might explode offensively and look great. And, you know, we'll never think about that second-round pick ever again. But as of right now, you know, you would have the 32nd pick in the draft, and you tra traded that away for Chase Claypool. Not a good look. It's really bad. Ryan Poles gets a B-minus for me because of that. Knocks him down a whole grade for me. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. Look, and I, let's, you know, I don't know. I I think that knocks him down. I think the Vaders Jones Jr. pick knocks him down for me. And I know it's just one Fair. pick, and the rest of the uh, rest of the draft was, you know, pretty good. Like I think Kyler Gordon's gonna be a Pro Bowler at some point. I think Jaquan Brisker's gonna be an All Pro, and Braxton Jones is, you know, fine, right? But his I I think he knew going to the offseason. Hey, this guy that we draft either round one, round two, we got to get a wide receiver in the first two rounds. And this guy that we draft is going to be an impact player. And they were going to rely on that guy, right? I mean, you knew, reflective of the moves that they made in the offseason, right? Not signing uh, big names of wide receiver. And even the moves they made in the draft, you know, not getting a George Pickens around two. Like, Vela Jones Jr. was supposed to be this wide receiver too, played a big sure. role and be this safety blanket. That is such a colossal miss, at least for this year, right? You know, I we saw a little bit in the last couple of weeks that maybe we could be a little bit more positive about the future of his career. But for what it was this year, and I know it probably helped the Bears get the number one overall picks, maybe it was a strategy all along. Uh, that knocks him <laughs> down a little bit. I'll go with B just because I think the strategy is really important. Like, this is a whole different idea of how to run a franchise and how to do this, right? You're not going to spend all of your assets and all your money year one, go all in, chips all in, and then screw yourself for the next eight years like Ryan Poles or Ryan Pace. You're going to save the money, increase draft capital, build draft capital by trading down, right? Get a bunch of you know young, talented players, guys who fit your mold and fit your style, 
turn this into something that is sustainable for a couple of years. Even if you do win the Super Bowl in 2024, you can do it again in the next coming years. So I'll, I'll give him a B. Again, I think it's hard to grade when anytime you're a first year general manager, just because a lot of the guys that you drafted, you don't really know about yet. You don't know if this whole strategy is going to work out. So I think we'll have a better idea of that in the coming years. But as far as the first year, I'll go B. But I will say, I, a lot of the free agent signings were very bad. Like, I don't, I don't think people are really kind of looking at that and noticing just how bad Al-Qaeda Muhammad was, just how bad Byron Pringle was this year. Well, you know? granted, you were, you were, okay, first of all, the guy who was banging the drum for Byron Pringle for weeks. I don't want to hear it. That's not my uh, fault. <laughs> but granted, you were also bargain bin shopping. The, that entire time, like you knew, correct. Granted, you weren't you weren't expecting all misses, but it was always going to be more misses than hits. You were hoping you could find one or two guys. Like I think Justin Jones is a fine player. Um, I will, I, I'll, and you know, Jack Sanborn was an undrafted free agent find. Like credit for that too. That's essentially true. a free agent. Sure, but yeah, I mean, trust never lot, big miss. Yeah, true. But I mean, late draft, but, but it late round draft pick uh too so yeah i mean there were hits there were misses first year i think for the most part uh Velas jones jr gave you a little bit of hope i think that he could maybe be mm-hmm. something yeah he might never be worth the pedigree and it's always going to be attached to him that he was the first you know skill player picked by this regime that'll always kind of be a shadow over him i think but or at the very least mentioned whenever we talk about him but i think he could at least be useful he could at least be a positive impact no matter how minimal that might be even if he's positive on the kick return i mean how long have we been searching for a kick slash punt returner a big play guy and hopefully he could start fielding punts that would help no you know what i mean anyway i give ryan poles a sell b plus i or b minus i think he's in that range and we'll see what he does but you know i feel like i still have confidence in him coming into the draft and we'll get into that more when we do our draft evaluation we start doing some of these mock drafts uh as it gets closer over the next you know coming weeks and months but yeah i I think b minus feels right i don't think anyone's out here giving him f i don't think anyone's out here giving him a d i don't think anyone's out there giving him an a so i I think he's solidly above average for now uh and we'll we roll on all right matt eberflus my grade for matt eberflus or do you want to go first or do you before you do this i ask you a question and it may it may may affect how you grade him if brian dable were the head coach of this team how many wins did they have this year and how much better do you feel about the team? See, here's the problem. The Bears don't have a Dexter Lawrence. They don't have a Kayvon Thibodeau. You know, they even this, like, it's just, eh. Like, the, the Bears, the, you look at the Giants, and they just, they have better players. Like, their receivers are probably comparable to what you have. I think, I think you could have made Justin Fields be worse. way better. Then, like I think, I think Justin Fields will obviously be better than Daniel Jones. But Brian Dable made Daniel Jones look like he can be a starting quarterback again. That Daniel Jones, we were like, this guy's done. He's sucks. He's bad. He's Davis Mills, but older. Like, and now we're like, shit. Maybe Daniel Jones is the guy in New York going forward. You know, like now it's like, okay, maybe they have somebody. He resurrected Saquon Barkley. You know, so. It's just I think the Giants have more talent. There was more to work with there. Of course. I don't think you would I don't think you would have been a playoff team, but I think you eight wins? Really? Seven, eight. Wow. You still played a tough schedule. I get that I know the Giants played played a third toughest schedule in the NFL. 
I yeah, like I know the Giants played like in the NFC East, which is tough too. But like, still played a tough. You know, you still like, like you played in a tough division too. Like I don't. So what? Why? How many? How many? So like, you think they'd be a playoff team with Dable? No, no, I think they're oh, like a think- six-win team with Dable. Oh, like I don't think it's that. Like I, I think I- so. Like here, here's my thinking. Like I think with Dable, like you win those coin flippy games. Like correct. The, like the Commanders. Like you win that Falcons game. You probably win that first Viking. So okay, maybe eight or not. Like I think you were like seven, ceiling eight. But I mean, it's hard to play this game. I've seen. Well, what does that say about Eberflus? Let's see what's your grade. I still give Eberflus. I'm going to give him still because he was a, supposed to be a defensive head coach and the defense was awful. Now, injuries are part of that. You lost Eddie Jackson. You lost Kyler Gordon for a period of time. You lost Jaquan Brisker for a period of time at the end of the season. Your linebackers were shit. Traded away Roquan Smith. The line was crap. But still, I was expecting a lot. I give him credit for keeping the locker room and like the the vibes around the team it's consistent throughout the whole year. Like guys seem to be bought in throughout the whole year. And I give him credit for the guys that were successes like Jaquan Brisker, like Jack Sanborn, like who's to say Brian Dable could have gotten the best out of those guys. I don't know. Maybe he would have probably would have, but still. Um, so I'm still like, I like if there was something between a B minus and a C plus, I'd, I would do that, but I'll go with C plus. Sure. Like the results weren't totally weren't there, obviously, but I also think, once you got to a certain point in the season, it was like, okay, we're just going to light this ship on fire, set it out to sea, and just go for the first pick. So I think there's part of that in there too. I'll give him a C plus. I'll give him a C plus is fine. I'll give him a B minus and I'll tell you why. All right, split the difference. <laughs> yeah, there you go. How about that? As a show. Um, again, it's hard. It's hard. First year head coach with the, what he had to deal with, with talent. It's hard to evaluate, right? I think but it's also the, one more qu- quick thing. Yeah. I think it's also tough because we compare him to Dable. We compare him Correct. to O'Connell. We compare mm-hmm. him to, you know, even Mike McDaniel to an extent, who dealt sure. with his own chair, you know, crap in Miami. Like, those three alone is like, they, they're all playoff teams. You know, like, yeah. they all, yeah. you know, the, the Vikings very much exceeded expectations as far as record. We knew they were frauds. But, you know, so I think that's tough, too. Like, these guys who are like, you could have had McDaniel. You could have had Dable. It seemed like oh, the totally. O'Connell and Viking marriage was made way a long time ago, but you know, it's kind of like that's part of it too. But yeah, I continue. Yeah, it's unfair, and he'll always be compared to those guys. Like we yes, did this with uh, with Mark Trustman and Bruce Arians, I think, right? Or was it Fox? And I, I forget what cycle Trestman it was. Trustman and Arians. Was it Trustman and Arians? Yeah, uh, that you know, the, the, we'll always compare those two. Um, so who knows? Maybe we'll always be comparing. Dable to Eberflus and whatnot. But, you know, you think about the things that you can measure that are can constant regardless of talent roster, roster talent, and, you know, all those things. Fifth or either the third or fifth least penalized team in the NFL. I, rem- I don't remember exactly which one it was, but it was top five least penalized team. That is significant considering how much this team was penalized last year and under Nagy as a whole. Like, they were jumping off sides like every other play. Like, very disciplined at the line of scrimmage, never would jump on the Aaron Rodgers hard count, like very smart on the field consistently, never making stupid decisions, no Anthony Miller punching guys in the head, right? <laughs> like none of that. Like we cleaned all of that up, which is huge. Like those are yeah. things that can tank good teams in the long yes. run, like completely tank them, right? You know, divide locker room, like that's really important. And number two is aside from the last two games of the season, I didn't feel like they gave up at all this year. I thought they played really hard. I thought they played with a lot of effort. I was very impressed by the way they started games, the way they came out of the half. 
Although Peyton Manning says he never made a halftime adjustment in his 18 years in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, well, also so you're maybe, Peyton Manning, man. So yeah. how about this? Do Zip you need it. to make a halftime adjustment? Exactly. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, but just very impressed game by game about, you know, regardless, you know, here, here you are, six-game losing streak, seven-game losing streak, still coming out, busting your ass, putting up, you know, a good performance in the first half against the, the best team in the NFL, the Eagles, almost beating them, right? Almost beating these really good teams, showing you can go toe-to-toe with the best teams in the league. Primetime, out-coaching Bill Belichick on Monday Night Football. That one really sticks out to me. I think we'll remember that for a long time, how he out-coached, Matt, or he out-coached Bill Belichick at his place at Foxborough on primetime with a, a second-year quarterback. Really, really hard to do. Um Shouts out to him for that. So, yeah, I'll give him a B minus. Again, it's hard to evaluate, but I think when you look at the things that, you know, are, are are independent of roster talent, you can be pretty encouraged by the the changes, right? I think that's the thing you have to look at is the difference from this year, 2022, Matty Refluce to 2021 Matt Nagy or 2020 Matt Nagy. Like, drastic difference. You know, let the offensive coordinator do his thing, right? Don't get involved. Make the right decisions. I don't think he ever made any dumb clock management decisions maybe there was one week that i'm not remembering where he made some dumb well that you know, says actual... something that we're not remembering it either like we're not like yeah, oh exactly. yeah this one right you know no no stupid head coaching decisions that you know a lot of other guys were getting flagged for across the league this year uh like n- no nathaniel hackett type mistakes that's right. for sure so things could 100 percent have been worse he still before. has his job notably he so. still has his job that enough that alone gives him a b right so b minus for me all right, uh, I mean, Kevin, we all know you're going to give Justin Fields an A. Like that's I'm not going to give him an A. No? All right, no, go. then, then I will give you the floor here. I'll give Justin Fields a B plus. Like, I mean, okay. I, again, you know, this is growth because most people last year would have given him a D or a C minus. Like, it's hard to give him an A because he did struggle for the first couple of weeks of the season. Like, the first six weeks were, like, bad. First and we know that season. that wasn't entirely on him. But – you know, for him to bounce back from that and turn into a player that he turned into, like, it's not justifiable for me to give him an A, I don't think, just because of You want to so bad, and, though. No, you I want, don't. You I really want don't. to so I bad. I could see I really it. don't. I, I The only reason why I would want to is because in comparison to the rest of the roster, then he deserves sure. an A. Like, if you're doing comparison grades, yeah. Like, to the rest of the league, he's a B+. Plus. So the Chicago Bears, he's an A plus 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 forty eight pluses after it, right? Like that's the way I see it. So I don't know. I'm not going to give my whole Justin Fields spiel, but I'll give him a B plus. Yeah, uh, I think I'm right there with you. Uh, I think I'm a B plus as well. Like you mentioned, we can't ignore the struggles and the mistakes that happened that first third of the season, and maybe some of that was yeah. the play calling, and there was an adjustment after the bye. We saw it, uh, or after the mini bye, but you know that was big, and that would, I mean, kind of saved how we viewed this whole season and that mid season spurt of, you know, where you're scoring 29, 30 points a game. That was big. And that's a big part of this. Um, Does he still need to get better as a passer? Yes. Do I think he is a good passer? Yes. Because as I've been saying for weeks, there were at least one or two throws per game where you can point to and be like, that's a, that's a grown ass man throw. That's an all pro throw. That's a pro bowl throw. So would you like to see it more consistently? For sure. Um, so that's going to be the next step. I agree with you. I think it's a B, B plus for Justin Fields. Uh, some of the decision-making could still be better as well as far as when to take off, when to try and make a certain throw, who to throw to. Um, but again, that's next step stuff. That's, you know, year two to year three, even year one to year two, arguably, things that he can work on this offseason. And again, right. a lot of it is supporting cast. Offensive line was crap. Receivers were crap. Um, tight, you know, Cole Komet was really the only guy he could rely on. So that's a whole thing, but Justin Fields, 
B, B plus for the season, A for the potential going forward. Mm-hmm. I think I think is the right way to. I think it's a fair way to put it. All right, uh, we'll move on. We'll keep we'll keep it in the backfield, quote unquote. We'll go Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery. Um, and we talked at length about Dave Montgomery was disappointing, wasn't healthy, his worst season, arguably as a bear. Um, you know, I still give him a C just because he was kind of like that, that anchor for the team. He was still, you know, put in the work. He's still there running hard, trying to obviously earn his next contract too, but, and that's part of it, but I, I can't give him lower than a C, you know, just for what he's meant to the team, what he meant to the team this year. And, and just being that guy that was a constant presence still you know, giving his all and still, I mean, was still, he wasn't bad. He was just closer to average than good. <laughs> so I'll give him a C. I'll also give him a C. Look, I think the way I'm doing all of this as well is I am grading based off of expectation. So if my Fair. expectation for you is supposed to be high, then you're going to get a lower grade the further you got from that, from those expectations, from meeting those expectations. And when you think about it, like this was supposed to be, Dave, at least we kind of, we, we knew that there was going to be a greater share of the carries for Kalu Herbert coming in this year. But at the same time, like we thought, hey, maybe this is Dave Montgomery's year to kind of like prove what he's worth going into a contract year, show that he's worth the money that he's going to be asking for this upcoming free agency. I thought he was going to come out having a thousand yard season, right? How many yards did he end up with? I haven't even looked at this. Season. 800 like 802 or something. 802, right. You know, uh, 12 touchdowns, like big year. A lot of people drafting him in the first three rounds of fantasy, like thought he would, you know, do really well as the lead back. Just didn't live up to it. Again, you know, no big games, really. I don't think he had a, a single game. with. Two, I think he had maybe one game with two touchdowns. Uh, just, you know, sort of just a disappointing year in general. Like that's how you put it. It's a disappointing year. And for a disappointing year, I'll I'll put I'll, I'll give him a C. And again, you know, some of those things are out of his hands, right? Like the offensive line wasn't great. Now they were a better run blocking unit, but still not a great unit. So yes, you can chalk that up to it. Maybe he would have had a thousand yards behind the Cowboys O line or one of the the Chiefs O line, right? One of the better O lines in the league. But you just you want to see progression before you sign a player to a contract. And you saw regression for me from Dave Montgomery. You saw regression. So uh, I can't give him anything higher than a C. I love the guy. He is such a good dude and so good for that locker room. But I- I'll give him a C for this year. Uh, I'm going to give Khalil Herbert a B plus. I think he mm-hmm. made a, a significant jump from year one to year two to the point that I made earlier where people were calling for him to be the lead back. And I think there is a because part of this you, you mentioned for you, part of this for you is expectation. Correct. Uh, and media expectations. Herbert to me exceeded expectations. And part of the grade for me also is projection going forward. Like, mm-hmm. so Khalil Herbert, I think, could still be even better. So, a uh, B plus for me for him. Yeah, I'm going B. I mean, there's not much else to say. Like, he stepped in fine when he was asked to do it. I also healthy. think the chunk plays were significant for me. Like, yep. there was a number of explosive plays from him this year that, you know, really were crucial. Uh, to this offense and and to the way we view it and to the explosive playability of this offense. So he gets a little boost for me from the explosive plays. The one at uh, at the Commanders game really jumps out to me because I was there. That was like a 60-yard rush that he turned, um, you know, what looked like to be a two-yard rush into a 60-yarder. So I'll give him a B. Like, again, I also don't think, like, I can't give him higher than that because at the same time, yes, I do believe the projection is is good, but you don't feel like, hey, you know, Yes, RB one. Yes, Khalil sure. Herbert. Right, like you don't feel that way, and you're lying to yourself if you do. You know, you think like, yeah, okay, like, yeah, yeah, you can, you know, RB one, but you're not RB one. Yes, yeah. Khalil Herbert. You know, round four fantasy. Let's go. Right, you're not. Like, you're not saying I want to give this guy the ball thirty plus times a game. 
Exactly. A hundred percent. And T3P podcast says, you know, he, he did really struggle pass blocking. And that was that was a significant point. And, and he's not a great what if, pass catcher. Hear me out. So what if you call what do you think it would be it would take to get Elijah Mitchell from the 49? Um in a trade? Yeah. It can't it like a, can't be like more a than six a, rounder. I was gonna say it can't be more than a mid round. I had fifth in my head. Eh. I mean that's a that's a, like a eh, you know I mean like Elijah Mitchell's fine like if he's at that healthy point you're committing he's, to like a, a, when a, he's a, healthy he's really good. I don't say he's really good. He's good. Well, he's just never been healthy. That's which yeah. I mean with well, this Bears training staff trade assets is a for a guy who's never healthy. Right? Yeah. That's it was just a thought that popped into my head. Uh, intrusive thought. But anyway, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, Cleo Herbert definitely has his warts, but I, I would still again relative to expectation, yes, relative to performance, and relative to what we think he could be. I, I give it a B. But I mean, we could argue this all day long, and I really don't want to argue if you know about Khalil uh, Herbert. Yeah, I, I don't want to do that for forty-five more minutes <laughs> or how you know until into the night. Um, okay, now to the stinkiest part of the offense: the wide receivers. Um, Darnell Mooney, obviously, season got short, went on IR, had surgery. Even before that, really was not performing as the guy that we had built him up to be before the season. Me and Kevin were saying. 1200 yards, you know, wide receiver one, him and Justin Fields really going to make that connection. They work together all off season. I give Darnell Mooney a D. Oh, I, I think it's a D. <laughs> we talk about this relative performance and expectations is a yeah. big part of this fell way flat of the expectations. The performance was not there at all. I, it's just, I still think he can be good, but I think his ceiling is a wide receiver too. Now. I don't think he has that wide receiver one upside. I could be wrong. Maybe he comes back from this injury, from this rehab, and is real stronger, faster, better, whatever. And he does reignite in, uh, with a better offensive line and with a better, you know, play calling, a more aggressive play calling, I should say. You know, maybe he does make that ascension that we thought he could do this year. But relative to expectations and what he gave us this year, I give Darnell Mooney a D. Yeah. Uh, D, D is pretty severe. D, D is like... Uh, uh. I don't know if I'd give him a D. I get a C plus. A D C is plus. C plus. For what? Look, For what? Kevin. Look, <laughs> he still what, was on what, pace to have what like about, 900 yards. What about Darnell Mooney that you saw during the season inspired you? There were certain things. That touchdown catch in the back of the end zone, right? He, he was still getting open. Again, not a lot of time. Look, he was also affected by the ineptitude of the offensive line. You know, they weren't able to throw the ball deep. They weren't able to target him. He made a couple of nice plays. He didn't drop the ball. He wasn't a wasn't making significant mistakes, right? You know, he wasn't like EQ St. Brown or Dante Pettis dropping the ball. He was the only reliable receiver. Uh, you know, he made a couple of spectacular plays, a couple of one-handed catches. He Okay, the big blunder was the Commanders game. I'm forgetting about that one, right? That that was yes. a big that was his moment to say, hey, I'm wide receiver one. Trust me in these situations. Yeah. And he didn't come through. That is a, a big reason why I'll, you know, give him uh, a lower grade. But like, I don't know, man. He was still your best receiver. Like, I think you still give your best receiver at least a C plus, at least a C. Like, he had 493 yards, two touchdowns over 12 games, and the first five, four games he had like 30 yards. So say he started to kind of, at, right as the offense started to click a little bit, he got injured. Say he played a little bit more, probably could have ended up like, 800 yards, five touchdowns, maybe? Like, would you give an 800-yard, five-touchdown receiver a C-plus? Now, based off expectations, 
sure, because again, we I, I was saying this guy's gonna be a top ten receiver in yards this year, and he didn't live up to that. So that's why he's not even a B plus or B for me. But a D, like Darren Mooney's not a bad player. Like you give a bad player a D. Yeah, like he's not a bad player. I'm willing to upgrade him to a D plus. I am not going into the C level. Like I agree, he's not a bad player, but for this season, it was a very bad season for him. Again, Chad is expect- also right, by the way. The bar is in hell for best receiver. It is in hell. It is in hell. You're right. You're 100% right. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not like, saying you have to change your grade, but I, I will upgrade mine to a D plus. But it like just relative to expectations and how thanks. the year went, I just I, I can't get into that C tier. I, I think, again, I, I think when you talk about the expectations, you're, you're right. Because we said this is a 1,200-yard receiver, this is a guy who could be a wide receiver one. Like, we pitched that narrative, and that's a fine narrative to pitch at the time. Like, it really was, based off the production he had last year and the progression that he made. But Speaking of which, where are all those Kendrick Bourne knife? Dude, I was going to go back to that and make a TikTok of it. Wait, can we real quick see how many yards he ended up with? He he was bad. It was. I think he ended up with less yards than Mooney did. Oh, by far. Oh, this is going to be so funny. He had 434. So Mooney had more yards than him. Mooney had, like, Five yards Five in his first games. three games and only played 12 games this year. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're all the people. I mean, not saying that our, our listeners and our viewers, I know you guys are, but all the people, whatever. Not I'm so weak. Um, Kendrick. Bro. But so. anyway. Uh, all right. Moving on down. Chase Claypool. F. F minus. Yeah, like, I, we, do we have to expand on this? I think we're in agreement here. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah, it's an F. I, I mean, I don't want to give him an F. Like, part of me doesn't want to do it just because... New offense, right? And, you know, it isn't clicking. You know, give him a training camp. I don't know. But because for, for it's the 32nd we overall pick. For, yes, it, for the 32nd overall pick. Correct. Pick, and we're expecting him to be Justin Fields' guy, and we're expecting him to unlock the offense, and none of that happened. <laughs> 0.0 things of, of, oh that, of that expectation happened. So, uh, yeah, F for me. Um, our next one, I kind of want to lump EQ St. Brown and Dante Pettis together. No, do not do like, that. Don't do that. They both kind of that's, stink. That's unfair. EQ St. Brown was way better than Pettis this year, in my opinion. Really? See, they're they're like the same to me. Like I, I was gonna give I'm giving them both a C. Like you basically got what you signed up oh, for. Oh, you're not! You, you you got what you signed up for from both of them. You're giving them a higher grade than Darnell Mooney? Yes. Like uh. this Pettis and EQ St. Because again, Kevin, this is about expectation. I was expecting nothing from these guys i knew they stunk i knew they were both bad i knew that they were both at best of wide receiver four and five on another team and you were bringing them to be your two and three i give them both a c like c minus just like who care like these guys are nothings like thanks thanks for your service like eq st brown was a good blocker pettis filled the gap on punt returns fine c minus that's what I got. Uh, these guys, these guys don't move the needle. They're nothing. They don't move the needle. You're right, but like, but, but you got what you signed up for. What, did like, you? Like, like what? What about these guys? Other like the drops, fine. But like, is that really? Were you really not expecting these? Like, uh, and T three podcast. I get what you're saying. Pettis was released, and you re-signed Equinomia St. Brown. But like, I wasn't expecting either Pettis of them back on the yet. team. He wasn't released yet. I mean, probably going to be, but like. I wasn't like going into the season. 
Like, I wasn't expecting either of these guys to be back. You know, like, EQ St. Brown, fine, great, good run blocker. And fine yeah, is like a, give him a B plus. Give him a B minus. A B minus. plus? Are you I'm out giving, of your mind? I'm giving him a B minus. Sorry, not B plus, B minus. I'm giving EQ. Uh, I think you're, he, I think, I think this fever is getting your head by no. even giving him a B minus. EQ was fine. He made one critical mistake all year. And that was the drop. With the Bears. Okay. That was the drop against the Bears. Who was that against? I forget who that was against. Uh, uh, the drop against the, uh, I almost said Marlins. I'm in baseball. Already. Uh, the Dolphins. Marlins. Was it the Dolphins? The one through his hands, right? At the end of the game. Yeah. I couldn't remember if that was a Dolphins game. Dolphins. Yeah, okay. Almost Look, he got re-signed to a contract. He was fine. He was like a reliable target for fields when everyone else was gone. I give him a B minus. Dante Pettis was actively throwing games for you. Like good, he, he got you the first overall pick. Yeah, so you're giving him a higher grade because he's he, he was a, he was a double he contributed agent? to the cause. He did make some unreal plays this year, though. That catch against the the Commanders was unreal. Was he had some Respect good punt returns that. too. That were chunk plays. You're right. Fine. You know what? For what it is, I, I didn't think Dante Pettis was going to make the team. Okay, you're right. I'll 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 give you the C for Dante Pettis because I didn't think he was going to make the team. Validation. But I think your I think your grade in EQ is a little low. I just think, like. He's just a zero. He's a, like, as a receiver, he's a zero. He's a zero. Give him, out of what? Out of what, 100? Yeah. 10? Give him a, give him a, give him a two. I will give him. He deserves a two. I will give him a, a zero. C. No, you know what? I stick with, no, you can't say C for both of them. They are exactly what you, you expected. They are exactly what you expected. That's it. This is, this is blasphemy. I can't. All right. How are you going to war for EQ St. Brown this hard? I'm going to war for EQ. He's my okay, guy. Okay, good. All then right. we'll move on to the next one so I can absolutely stunt on you and dance on your grave. Byron Pringle, F, F minus. <laughs> Get him out of here. I cannot believe Kevin Lapka spent weeks. Kevin Lapka spent weeks. Some of, you, some of you viewers are new. Some of you, I know some of you guys and gals from the 670 score Twitch chat are new here kevin lapka for weeks guys for weeks was saying byron pringle man he's gonna unlock the offense he's the <laughs> guy he's gonna unlock the offense Don't Don't what you said me. verbatim he's the me. missing piece oh you I said, did not yes that. you did, no, did you 1000% did scox or shane somebody who's been here for like since the beginning tell me that kevin lapka did not say that byron pringle at one point you said Byron Pringle was the missing piece. I'm pretty sure it was when he was coming back from injury. You said oh. Byron Pringle is the missing piece for this offense. Because I said, why are you acting like Byron Pringle is the missing piece? And you said, I think he is. And I said, you're out of your damn mind. And it was the most insane conversation I've ever had in my damn life. It was outrageous. And Byron Pringle, F- we should have known this was coming when he was doing donuts in the Walmart parking lot with his son in the front seat. Should have seen this coming from a mile away. This dude stinks. He should not be on the Bears or any NFL roster next year. Tired of it? Absolutely. I am so validated right now. I was so right about this. <laughs> it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Like Isaiah Hodgins is raw as hell for the making plays for the, 100 yards and a touchdown for the Giants in the playoffs, but yet, but yet, Prime Pringle can't catch 50 yards in a season for you. I don't get it. It makes no sense. Like again, this is a guy who was productive. He was impactful for Kansas City. 
Like, yeah, but Kevin, Kansas City's also about to make Kadarius Tony a 100-yard receiver this weekend. So, like, it, it's Patrick yeah, Kadarius Tony's good. He, like, Kadarius Tony's a good yes, football but, player. But is, he's, he has the tools. He's never been able First to put rounder. it together. So that's the thing. Like, it's just, it's the Kansas City effect. Uh, I, I Fool. Look, I'm fool. still, I'm still boo-boo grading fool. Boo-boo the fool? That's you. What the, f- the hell's that? You never heard that? No. I'm still giving him an F, all right? I'm, not, I'm still giving him an F. Give yourself like, one as well. Like, if you want to pull out receipts about players on the Bears and what we think, we could pull out receipts if you want to say. Who, pull out receipts. who are you about to pull out receipts for me on? <laughs> Justin Fields! You thought the guy was uh, cooked in week I, four. I admitted that, like, five sure. weeks in, though. And I admitted it on Pringle, I, too. I don't know. No, you didn't! I sure did. Come on. Oh. I, 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 I still think... I still think that he could have done more than he did. Oh, no. Yeah, because he did 0%. So, yeah, no shit. Oh, he could have done more? Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Pringle was a zero. How many yards did he have this year? He had 135. Hey, that's not bad. Not bad. We'll take it. You could do that. I thought he was under 100. The Bears could sign you today, and you could do that. Good thing is, someone asked in the chat, it is a a one-year contract for Byron Pringle. He's gone. Don't worry about it. Um, four million dollars wasted. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. F. Like I think. Uh, do are any of the other receivers really? Oh, Bayless Jones Jr. Uh, F. I I'll give him a D just because of his contributions on special. Like contributions on special teams. He lost us two games, Jake. On good special Contri- teams. contributing oh, to the cause, God. baby. Because of Double the kick, agent. because of the kick returns, and because I think he showed enough to give you a glimmer of hope that he could be semi-productive next year i'll give him a d like he does he avoids an f just because of the kick returns because because regardless you have your kick returner and he's an explosive kick returner like what at, happened min, expectations at, min, at what happened to expectations this guy deserves an f but like the, he was like, supposed to be your wide receiver too but like were we really expecting <laughs> yes i'm trying to remember how i felt about valus jones I think we, I think, I think, I think the problem we, we is we liked him, but like I don't think we were expecting. Like, I still fine D minus. Let's I still, go. I still think the kick returns and like what he showed at the end of the year is enough for you to maybe think <laughs> he could possibly be a no, contributor. I... He, can, you know what, you know what, he's he's a better Dante Pettis next year. That's what I'll say. <laughs> That's bad. the expectation. That's the expectation for next year. We'll take it. A slightly better Dante Pettis. Realistically, no, actually, no, realistically, like, Vayner Jones Jr. is probably your wide receiver five or six. So if he's a better Dante Pettis, that's fine. Mooney, like, if the Bears trade for somebody, they draft somebody. Somebody, whoever they draft. EQ St. Brown. Jones? Yeah. So five. He's, your la- he's the last guy to make the roster. Like, like that's fine. Yeah. So, look, I, again, I, I will say critical mistakes on special teams but I, I was slightly encouraged by the things he did the last couple games like he had some he was consistently making you know making it beyond the 25 explosive plays if he can turn if he can really put in the work in camp and be your punt returner then he's your va- then there's value for Valus Jones Jr. and it sucks that he'll never live up to that third round um, value that you well, got for him, but I won't say never don't say never mm. even if he turned out to be even if he turned out to be like Cordell Patterson I don't know if he well, would from a, from a returning Bears, standpoint, yeah, solely. I was say, or with the Falcons. So, yeah, okay, I don't know. That's anyway, um, 
I'll give I, it a D minus. I, I feel bad. I recuse myself from giving. I, I recuse Nikhil Harry from this grading system because, That's like, fair. he just did. They didn't give him opportunity. Like, they just like for some reason, this coaching staff refused to let the guy on the field. It was so bizarre. I have no explanation for it. I I recuse Nikhil Harry from this grading system. I I hope they I hope they bring him back at least for training camp and let him compete for a spot because I would like to see what he could do in in training camp. With Justin Fields. It seemed like Justin Fields liked him. So I don't know. Do you agree with me on that? Nikhil Harry, when targeted, is an A plus. He didn't drop the ball this year. Yeah. He, was, he was making impact plays Agreed. every time the ball was thrown his way. I can't complain with that. Like Agreed. he probably just, he just doesn't too. get open a lot, but he had some big plays. Like, yeah. Like he toasted Jair Alexander and mossed him. And that's the guy who shut down Justin Jefferson for 13 yards and great on him. The, honestly, like, the pop-up, like, backward somersault for Harry, that was even cooler. Like, yeah. On that catch. Yeah. So it was even cooler. It was, yeah. like, the least like fluid somersault I've ever seen in my life because he's such a big fella. But, yeah, it was, it was cool. Awesome. Very cool. It was awesome. Um, all right. Cole Komet. A for Cole Komet. A for Cole yeah. Komet. Yeah. I'll like, give him an A. Too. Played every single game. Yeah. Like, really, once the offense started to work, and, like, finally came into his own. Came into like that guy as Justin Fields safety blanket and Justin Fields trust him. Cole, Cole Komet is a, you know, much like his touchdown celebration home run for me. For Cole Komet, a 100%. I think you should wow. get an extension. Well, that was it is good. Soft season. That was good. Yeah. A for sure. Exceeded expectations, right? We had so many questions about whether he was going to be the guy we were talking about. Mike Kosicki in the off season. We we're talking about free agent tight ends, drafting a tight end. He sounds all that. He solidified himself as a tight end one, and now you don't have to worry about spending money at that position or drafting still, at that position. Still at least would not mind rounds. if the Bears get someone like Gasicki to be tight end two, and that's how you a two tight end system instead of, you know, maybe you're thinking about trading for DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe the price is just like a little bit too high for you, and instead you get a top tier tight end to pair with, or, you know, a similar, you know, top tight end to pair with Cole Komet, and you go two tight ends. I wouldn't hate that. I, w- I would see the argument for it, depending on who it is. Yeah, I don't. I'm not paying Gasicki all that money. Right. Uh, it would have depending me. on who it is. Sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, that's fine. Anyway, or Duble, or, or Duble. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, I was impressed. Like he yeah. made every single play. He got open, caught the football, didn't make I mistakes. Feel so Great validated. blocker. So validated. With yeah, Cole you Komet. were you were right about Cole Komet. I was Dating wrong. back to was, last season, my I know. It, it it was you know it was like a fine wine better with age your take your take you know Much is like better me. with age but uh we'll give it to you good job Jake was right on Cole Komet I I gotta give him an A I gotta give him yeah. an A one hundred percent you drinking uh, bourbon what are you drinking over there yeah I'm in my Shane Reardon era who the hell drinks uh, bourbon that's stupid Shane Reardon era leave me alone yeah. um I feel like it's not even worth it to the other tight ends like they just didn't play no. so it's not even worth it all right um. The offensive line, I mean, ugh. We'll start, we'll go left to right. Braxton Jones, I think Braxton Jones gets a B plus. For, yeah, I agree. For a fifth round draft pick. I agree. For playing every Wait, game. Every for being, yeah, every snap. Yeah, agree, right. Fifth round pick, every snap. Being as solid, I mean, more times than not, you were not hearing his, or well, most of the time you were not hearing his name, which is, for awesome offensive linemen, generally a good thing. So, B plus for Braxton Jones could he have been a little bit better uh, across the board, sure. But for what he was, and I think I honestly think he could be like your next Charles Leno, like late round draft pick that is mm-hmm. a starter and a solid starter for you. I, I think Braxton Jones B plus. I agree. 
I would totally agree. Um, again, value. You talk about value. Fifth round rookie Hell comes you. in, and that. I mean, think about the line without Braxton Jones this year. As cool. bad as it was, now think about it without him. You know, you'd be in shambles. You'd be. You have Larry Borman right? left tackle. Yeah, like that's that's you know, I wouldn't have been good. So uh, we'll give Braxton Jones a B plus. I, I I would honestly be close to giving him an A just because Agreed. of that, right? You know, there was a couple games he got exposed, but again, remember these are rookie. A lot of rookie tackles, even in the first round get exposed, right? And when yeah. you play the most important position on offense for an offensive lineman, right? You got to protect the quarterback's blind side there at left tackle. The expectations are higher for you going up against the best pass rushers in the league. He held his own uh, for most of the time. So I'll give Braxton, I, I might even give him an A minus because of that. I just, again, like there were times throughout the year for sure where I was like, well, I don't know if you can be content with him at left tackle coming going forward. And I still agree with that. Like, if you get Orlando Brown Jr., yeah, bye, Braxton. Like, you know, I don't even, think, I, say bye. Like, I don't even him, think you just, say bye. Just try to move him to right tackle. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You just move him around. I, yeah. You know, cut him, right? Um, like, I don't think you should be complacent at left tackle because of Braxton Jones in right. the free agent market. Agreed. But better than, you know, a majority of the tackles drafted in, in the 2023 class. So, 2022 class. So, I, I'm impressed. I'll give him an A-. minus. Yeah, 100%. Um, and credit to Scox. He was on Braxton Jones yeah, from day it. one. Like, I think, it was, I think it was first day training camp that I am Scox was like, this dude's legit. So credit to you for that, uh, dude, for real. Um, all right, Cody Whitehair missed some time, is clearly declining with age, but I, I still think you got to give him a B-. minus. The most he was, he was the best lineman. Uh, nah, actually, I take that back. But, I mean, he was still like a leader on the team, I think. Past precedent gives him a little bit boost here. It's just projecting him for the future. I have no idea what to expect from Cody White here. I think I might actually bump this down to a C plus. Yeah, I I I will do that as well. It wasn't great. There were a couple games where he was severely exposed, like especially late in the season. He was exposed a couple times up the middle. He was exposed against the Commanders. And was he playing that game? Because the Commanders just did anything they freaking wanted in the interior. I think and- he was. Uh, or maybe that was he might the game have been he out actually that game. got injured. He might have been out that game or got injured that game. I, think, I, don't I honestly, I think that was the game he actually got injured. Okay, I'm yeah. So that was the game he got injured. Uh, I don't know, Cody. Cody, I'll give Cody a C plus. I'm not sure either though that they're content with him at left guard, and they shouldn't be, right? They they have to do their diligence there as well. But I wouldn't confidently say he's the left guard to start 2023. Um, so because of that, because of Cody White here did not there, play in the Commanders game. Okay, game. So that. Okay, well, in that case, I'm giving an A plus because the difference between that Commanders game and everything else was was much better. Uh, so he, he went out in that. week four and returned in week nine. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, playing injured this year, but I, I am a little bit worried that that's going to be a theme for him for the rest of his Bears tenure. He's probably going to miss a couple games each year. So I'll get I'll I'll, I'll, I'll give him a B minus. I'll roll it back. I'll give him a B minus. I'll stick with C plus. Um. All right. Lucas Patrick. I mean, just the injuries. Obviously, you saw him for about three seconds. So uh, do we do we give Lucas Patrick a pass for injury? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, Sam Mustafer, F minus. Yeah. Get him out. That's generous, bro. So sick of this guy. That's generous. Dude, and I, I don't. Yes, yeah, Shane M knew it was coming. He just he just runs around, bro. He just he just he doesn't know what to do. He's lost. He's lost in space. He's like he's like the meme of that. Like, there was like a two week stretch where he was like actually playing decent, and then it just all went to shit. Dude, I, he's not good. So bad. Get him out. I, I, Put him and Byron Pringle in the same Uber to the airport. Get him out of here. <laughs> I'm so dumb. He'll be that. the first player cut this offseason, I think. 
<laughs> not like that mattered. But yeah, I feel right. like they actually kind of cool. like him, though. I feel like they're going to keep him around. It's like, they keep saying how much they if like If they him. keep him for depth, I'm fine with that. <laughs> no. Like, like no. you can't have him start games again this time. You can't. Doug Kramer season. Please, honestly, like I, I maintain that. I maintain if that Doug Kramer did not go on IR prior to the season, he would have been starting over Sam Mustafa at center. Yeah. Once, once Lucas Patrick got hurt, obviously. Well, again, the bar's in hell. Right. I well, mean, yeah, exactly. Can you can you actually understand what's going on in the football field? Okay, you're the starting center. You know what I mean? Fair. I will say, Fair. like, he actually, I don't think he made that many bad snaps. There were, he... yeah, there were only a couple. <laughs> that <laughs> brother would be DoorDash. Possible. Wish that on uh, that guy. Yeah. Look, like we we wish Sam for all the best. I'm sure he's a very nice man, kid. He's is, just, he, is he my age? He's just bad at football, man. He's bad at football. But go back to value. Go back to expectation. Sam right? You were the one who was saying for weeks. Well, you know, value get out of him as an undrafted rookie. I take right? it all back. You, yeah, you made that back. take for a good while. Well, I mean, but, last year when he was actually like okay. Like whatever. I mean, it's uh, relatively true to an extent. I mean, he did play like every game this year. So, F minus. I move on. Uh, F minus. Tevin F-. Jenkins. I actually think Tevin Jenkins gets an A minus here. Mm-hmm. I still struggle with injuries and being able to stay on the field, but he was your best lineman. All like wire to wire. Tevin Jenkins uh, dealt with all the the dealt with the injuries, of course, but dealt with the position change as well. Dealt with you know dealing with shifting offensive linemen. He was a constant, and he was good, and he had, like. He was always the guy that, you know, Justin Fields gets hit. Tevin Jenkins is right there. Justin Fields is somebody's in his face. Tevin Jenkins is right there. He's the, he's like, are we going to be surprised if Tevin Jenkins is the new Kyle Long? Hopefully he can be healthier, but there's just that enforcer, that guy with a mean streak, who's your best offensive lineman. I don't think anyone would be surprised. I certainly wouldn't. I think the comp is there. So Tevin Jenkins, a minus for me. Yeah. And again, th- this was a player we didn't know was, we didn't even, we were unsure if he was going to be on the team. There were, we thought he was going to get traded. We thought he was going to get cut. Hot. Yeah. Right? Like, we didn't actually think that. We knew his possibility because yeah. we were so confused about what was going 100%. on. Like, for him to come that far and to play that well, unbelievable. It's an A. It's an A for me. I give him better than A. I give him an A. Right? He, he, he was your, your best lineman by far. They looked like a different line when he was in there. I got to 100% give him an A. I'm very impressed and I'm very encouraged by the things that he can become in the coming years. So... Kevin Jenkins, you, sir, get an A. Let's go. I believe, is that the only player we've given an A? Cole Komet. Oh, so, and Cole Komet. That's right. Yeah. I, I, I give Tev- The minus for me only comes because the, you know, I need to see him stay on the field wire to wire. That's my only gripe. But, I mean, hopefully. I mean, he stayed on the field more than he did last year. So, it's an improvement. Um, right tackle. I don't even, like, do we pick Larry Borum? Do we pick Riley Reef? Do we pick, like, <laughs> Who do we even pick for this? There were so many right do tackles. It. Do we pick Alex Leatherwood? Larry no. Borm, like, I still think Larry Borm can be solid, but he just, the dude cannot stay healthy. Injured all the time, and it's just a real bummer. Yeah, I, I think I think, I think think Larry Borm can be fine. I, I don't know. I, I It's just hard to tell. No consistency at that P- position. Position group as a whole, D. I think that's fair. I think that's the only way you can do it. I think that's fair. I mean, we had how many different guys did we had? We had Reef, Borum, Leatherwood, Leatherwood. And didn't one didn't more, J- Jenkins spend some time at right tackle? I think I well, don't even know. This season was a bad. blur, man. Bad. I have no idea. Whole position group gets a D. I have nothing yeah. else to say about left right tackle. Uh, did we give Getsy a grade? I think no, but I'll okay. give him an. I'll give him a B minus. 
I was gonna go C plus. We're a lot closer on most of these than I thought we were. Uh actually that's not true. That's not true. Why C plus? Just so C plus for me for Getsy because of how long it took for the adjustments to be made on the offense. Uh, you know, because I mean we screamed about it for six weeks. That that's just too long. You know, we like we screamed for more than that. We were screaming about it going into the season, and it took six weeks into the season for that to happen. Um, I do give Getsy credit because clearly the play calling at the end was just we gotta get out of these games healthy. We're not gonna try and, you know, we'll do a couple things that are creative here and there. But for the most part, let's just get in, get out, and, you know, get home. Like, that's basically what's happening. Yeah. Um, my expectations for Getsy next year are way higher, uh, <laughs> especially, depend- you know, that is that is dependent on what they do in free agency in the draft. But I am I am expecting a lot more from Luke Getsy. I'm willing to give him a C plus just because of the explosion that did happen in the middle of the season um, and, and for that alone. But otherwise, I do need to see a lot more from him next year. Though. I agree. And real quick, T3P podcast says well, they can't be a D regarding the the right tackle. No, whole position group, right tackle. I think I think T3P because thought we were giving the whole offensive line. Whole yeah, offensive line, that- I'll give them. I mean, Jones and Jenkins really boost this up. As a whole, I'll give him a C plus, B minus. Feels right. Oh God, no! I'll give him a D. I'll give him a D plus again. The offensive he line says- as a whole. They can't be a D when they led the league in rushing. They led the league in rushing because their quarterback contributed a thousand yards. That's a good point. Because he's just Broken breaking place, the pocket, scrambles. like he, yeah. yeah, like some of them were designed, but a majority of them are sixty-plus yard plays that Justin Fields created on his own. It has nothing to do with the offensive line. So I'll give him a D plus. I mean, they they ruined Justin Fields for the first six games, and they were still bad like throughout the year. Like I'll give him a D plus. But Luke Getzey, I think deserves what I say. I don't even remember what I said for him. I think I'll give him a C plus just because. Uh, you said B minus at first. Okay. Yeah, I'll give him a B minus because of the development from Justin Fields is the main sure. thing, and really development of that offense. I mean, they're putting up big numbers against good teams and good defenses. Sure. I was a little bit skeptical of the way he handled things later in the year, but then there's that whole conversation of well, was the tank in? Right. You know, <laughs> like what were right. re- what was really going exactly. on? It's like the Brian Windhorse meme. What? 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 Why would the Bears yeah. do that? Why oh man, the Bears what a good running dive three times down thirty. <laughs> Why like, would the, I don't no, know. So I, it's hard to evaluate that. But again, you saw growth. I, I think a, a reason why I might dock him a couple points is because, again, I don't know if he got the most out of some of the guys on offense. Sure. But again, and I'm going to go back to the Dable thing. Like, they're getting the most out of Isaiah Hodgins. <laughs> like, no one even knew who that guy was until last night or, or a couple nights ago against the Vikings. Like, sure. I think he could have gotten more out of some of the guys on the offense. He, he certainly got a lot out of Justin Fields. He certainly got a lot out of Cole Komet. But outside of that, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure. So, But his play calling proved to be good. He he, proved, he proves to have a good rapport with the quarterback. And I think he's going to draw free agents here. I think that's a significant sure. thing as well. Um, so I'll give him I, I'll give him a B-. minus. Yes, I'll give Luke Getz a B-. Minus, and I'm very encouraged by what he, he can become. And, hey, if they are good next year, goodbye. He will not be oh, here. Yeah. I know we said that last year, but he is gone, gone, gone. I mean, but, but that's the goal. That, that means that things went really that is well. The goal. That is the goal, but it's slightly concerning. You better sure. hope that these— you got to have I, someone uh, in place. Yes, correct. You better hope that um, blanking, passing game coordinator, blanking. I should know this. Uh, but you, you, like, when you, I, I think when you look—I think when you, he's coaching the senior bowl. Good point by Shane M. I think when you look at the fact that every single head coach in the playoffs remaining— is from an offensive background, like that's just 
going to be another reason why he's going to get more opportunities. So uh, I will give him a B minus, but he might not be here for much longer than next year. Yeah. But again, like that means that good things happen. So I, I'm okay with that as long as you have the right guys in place. Or, hey, 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 maybe Dolphins are bad next year. Bears offense, good. Bear, Bears make the playoffs next year. Dolphins don't. Andrew Mike Ginoco. McDaniel fired. Mike McDaniel, new OC for the Bears. You love Mike McDaniel. You've been trying to push this Mike McDaniel to the Bears thing for weeks now. What is wrong with like you? Two he's weeks. Like, he didn't like vape on the weeks. sideline. He okay. Oh, what, what, he was not vaping. That was a classic blow on the hands. There was that no. was not like that there's no way. I was hitting dude. that jewel on the sideline, bro. He no was hitting that posture. Way. Dude, yes, you could see him. He was like, he and they yeah. You know, he like who does that? I don't know. He, dude, and I don't look, it's cold. I don't I'm not I don't think that's a bad thing, honestly. Like, whatever. Like, do what you want to do. Swarm you up. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's are people who say that, but I'm not gonna say Mike McDaniel is not a good head coach. He's vaping on the sideline, right? He just went toe to toe with the Bills with Skylar Thompson at quarterback. But so. I don't. Know. Well, the the Dolphins are also an insane franchise. So <laughs> imagine under- they fight. Well, they would have fired him already. But yeah, they won't do it this. Year, but uh, all right. Well, that does it for this edition of Bears Nation podcast. We'll do defense next week. We'll break down. The defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, will break down every position group. It's going to be really ugly. Just a uh, spoiler alert, but we'll still break it down. And, of course, any news that happens, whether it be stadium, whether it be draft. Hey, maybe the number one pick gets drafted, traded. Who knows? But anything and everything in between. And then we'll do grades for the defensive side next week as well. So stick around for that. That will be on probably Monday, but TBD and uh so yeah come back for that appreciate all the listeners all the viewers you guys are the best we appreciate you each and every week we'll see you next week for the defensive grades and until then as always bear down